This podcast is called The Real Story About Chronic Pelvic Pain Syndromes. The following talk is about the Wise-Anderson Protocol with your host, Dr. David Wise, co-author of A Headache in the Pelvis. Dr. Wise developed the Wise-Anderson Protocol with Stanford urologist Dr. Rodney Anderson. He has been treating pelvic pain in a specialized group for over 20 years. In this podcast, I'm going to discuss why a disciplined, focused daily program is necessary to have a chance of recovering from pelvic pain. We tell people who come to our program that it takes time and diligent practice to have the best chance of reliably reducing or resolving pelvic floor symptoms. Let me summarize what this means. An unflagging daily program over time of myofascial trigger point release inside and outside the pelvic floor and extended paradoxical relaxation to regularly calm down an agitated nervous system is the key to helping heal a sore pelvis. If you have pelvic pain, healing pelvic pain needs to be the top priority of everything you are doing using tools that work and a method that cooperates with what the pelvic floor needs in order for it to heal. In some people, pelvic floor-related pain spontaneously and mysteriously goes away with no treatment. Sometimes it's a one-time or two-time occurrence, and that's it. It's not uncommon for pelvic pain to reappear later. More often than not, however, pelvic pain becomes chronic and occurs on a daily basis. Having chronic pelvic pain is typically a very distressing, frustrating, and scary experience. I suffered from pelvic pain for over 20 years. Those were very difficult years. I first developed the method we now use through my experimentation to help myself when I was in a desperate way. Later, I met with Dr. Rodney Anderson in the urology department at Stanford Medical Center, with whom I spent eight years. The result of our collaboration was the development of a private immersion clinic that our group has been holding regularly now for 20 years. And significantly, when the normal scheduling of our immersion clinic was curtailed by COVID-19, A home program was developed not requiring people to come to see us in person. Gratefully, we continue to do our in-person clinic eight times a year. It is important to understand that there has never been an effective treatment for muscle-based pelvic floor pain in the history of medicine. In my experience, few doctors have an interest in this problem, really understand what it is and what is needed to resolve it. You can't see pelvic pain like you can see a broken bone. No visualizing technology like an x-ray, CT scan, MRI, sonogram can detect it. No blood or urine or other fluid tests will pick it up. So pelvic pain is essentially invisible to the doctor. If you are a doctor and a patient complains of pelvic pain and a variety of peculiar symptoms which you yourself have never experienced, and you can't detect the problem with your eyes or regular tests, then you have to project a concept of what's wrong with the patient. 
If the concept you project on the patient is wrong, the solution won't work. In our book, A Headache in the Pelvis, we say that open-heart surgery on someone with heartburn isn't a good idea. You need to have a correct understanding of a problem to effectively treat it. And if you've never suffered from pelvic pain, it is very difficult to understand what it is. Our view of pelvic pain comes largely from my decades-long first-hand experience and my recovery from it. Pelvic floor pain has no conventional, recognizable pathology associated with it other than the obvious misery of the sufferer who complains about it. It has been clear to me for many years that pelvic floor pain is a stress-related disorder that tends to occur to sensitive, ambitious, successful, conscientious, deeply felt people who inadvertently and repeatedly tighten their pelvic muscles over years when they get anxious. Over time, this anxiety-driven tightening causes the pelvic muscles to shorten, form painful trigger points, become irritated, and remain in a chronically painful and tightened state. In our program, patients learn to physically release these chronically tightened pelvic muscles themselves by inserting an FDA-certified approved internal trigger point wand internally and actually press on the painful trigger points in the pelvic floor in order to release them. Our patients use our FDA-certified trigger point genie to do external trigger point release of the external muscles that are connected to the painful pelvis. The goal of this treatment is to repeatedly physically restore pelvic muscles to a normal ease and tone. When the pelvic muscles are not chronically tightened, trigger pointed and sore, they don't hurt. But the physical untightening I know from personal experience and the observation of many patients I've seen over the past 30 years is not enough to restore the normal tone and ease of the pelvis. In order to physically work in the pelvic floor and related muscles, it is generally necessary for most patients to reduce the daily arousal of their nervous system. To this end, we teach the method called extended paradoxical relaxation. Extended paradoxical relaxation borrows from my teacher, Edmund Jacobson, the developer of progressive relaxation and who is considered the father of relaxation therapy in the United States. We originally thought of calling our book TMJ of the pelvis instead of a headache in the pelvis. It is helpful to understand the need for ceasing the anxiety-driven clenching of the pelvic floor by seeing that even if you are able to release the shortened, contracted, and painful muscles of the jaw when you have TMJ, unless you stop clenching your teeth, all the work on loosening the muscles of the jaw won't stop the jaw pain. I suffered with pelvic pain for over 20 years, bumbling through a series of incorrect diagnoses and treatments. From what I learned, I want to discuss the nature of pelvic pain and what I believe are the requirements to resolve it. It has been my experience that it is necessary to have the discipline 
of doing a daily program to release the painfully tightened and trigger-pointed muscles in and around the pelvic floor alongside a daily program providing significant daily time of significantly reduced or no anxiety. If you want to have a chance of resolving the vexing problem of pelvic floor pain and dysfunction. As it is with stopping teeth grinding and clenching and TMJ to stop jaw pain, so one must stop the grinding, quote unquote, of the pelvic muscles along with the release of the pelvic trigger points in order to stop pelvic pain. It's not a small thing to do, but it is possible. Said very simply, Pelvic floor pain is a condition in which the center of the body, what has been called the core of the body, physically tightens and ultimately isn't able to relax. Again, this is all driven by anxiety at a certain point, often triggered by intense prolonged stress. This chronic tightening doesn't untighten and becomes a chronic, painful, normal state. This pelvic tightening throws a monkey wrench into the normal feeling of ease and into the normal functions that the center of the body is involved in. Functions like urination, defecation, sexual arousal and orgasm, balance and even sitting. This disorder is labeled differently by different doctors who have different subspecialties. The names include pelvic floor dysfunction, prostatitis, CPPS, anorectal pain, levator ani syndrome, pudendal neuralgia, pelvic floor, myalgia, and others. In pelvic pain patients, the center of the body is unhappy. The nerves and muscles of the pelvic floor are in a state of what could be called freeze in the famous distillation of the stress response Walter Cannon years ago dubbed fight-flight-freeze. The pelvic floor muscles and pelvic floor pain are in a state of freeze. This tightened, painful state becomes the unhappy, normal state and is fed hourly and daily by chronic pelvic tightening fed by pain, anxiety, and sore, irritated tissue. It is further exacerbated by the underlying worry that nobody understands what's going on, nobody can help, and it will never go away. This all brings me back to why I am saying here that a prolonged and concerted effort is needed to have the best chance of resolving this problem. In a word, it is a very big deal to change how you hold yourself in the center of your body and to change the reflex habit of how you automatically tighten yourself physically up as you worry. In our program, Addressing Chronic Pelvic Pain involves the very big job of calming down the body physically as well as mentally and emotionally on a daily basis. A problem that conventional medicine isn't very helpful with. In my experience, the anxiety driving the protective guarding response of pelvic tightening isn't resolved through medication. In fact, drugs often worsen someone's pain as the medication stops being effective and most typically becomes addictive. Easing the chronic 
tightening of the pelvic floor muscles in the core of the body and related muscles requires a concerted and long-term daily effort of releasing them and reducing anxiety on a daily basis. There are ups and downs. There are flare-ups. There are periods of great optimism and periods of anxiety related to flare-ups or lack of progress as it appears in the moment. All of this needs to be understood and accepted, and the practice of releasing the sore, tightened muscles and quieting the nervous system must nonetheless be doggedly pursued. In my view, a daily quieting of anxiety and nervous system arousal must be done. For any long-term resolution of pelvic floor pain, focusing only on the physical release of the pelvis, which itself requires much skill and patience and knowledge, is not enough. Again, pelvic pain is ultimately, in my view, a stress-related disorder. And addressing the physical pain without providing the pelvis with a stress-free, guarding-free environment every day is like continually cleaning up spilled water from a leaky faucet rather than replacing the leaky faucet. I myself was dogged in my treatment of myself when I was symptomatic because I was desperate and there was nothing else for me to do. And gratefully, I now sit here writing this essay without pelvic pain. Pelvic pain doesn't occur overnight, even if for some it feels like it does. I like the aphorism, the fruit falls suddenly, but the ripening takes time. While there are no studies about this, I believe it takes years of chronic tightening from anxiety to create chronic pelvic pain. Similarly, when pelvic pain heals, it doesn't heal overnight. Healing pelvic pain takes dedication, trust, and a significant amount of time every day doing what is necessary to address the problem. The physical releasing of the painfully tightened pelvic muscles, yes, and simultaneously interrupting the habit of chronically tightening the pelvic floor in response to anxiety. This means taking the time to give the sore pelvis an opportunity to be free from anxiety and to heal. There are a number of mainstream treatments for pelvic pain from taking drugs to undergoing surgery to simply doing physical therapy. However, in my view, the painful pelvis has little chance of healing without the long-term practice of regularly releasing stubborn pelvic floor muscle-related trigger points, which is best done in our view by the patient, him or herself, and without the devoted daily practice of resting in an environment free from the major pelvic irritants. I hope this discussion is helpful. For more information, go to our website, www.pelvicpainhelp.com.